following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. Today, we're going to get into a little talk about who we think will take the biggest step for the Suns this season, which guy we think might have a bit of a breakout season. I'm Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm with David McGraw and Mitch Krumpetich. What's up, guys? You know, we're recording this on our first football Sunday in what seems like forever. Uh, we got to watch a little bit of that before I had to jump on some school, so that was kind of nice. Uh, always nice seeing some dudes and pads hit each other. <laughs> well, it's funny. I was just thinking about it because it is the first football Sunday, but none of our teams are playing nope. because I'm a Broncos fan and David is a Chargers fan and they play on Monday. We're recording on Sunday, obviously. And the Dolphins and Buccaneers game got rescheduled to week 11 because of these horrible hurricanes. Like, holy cow. So, yeah, it's the first football Sunday, but we all still have to wait to see our teams. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I get another extra week on top of your guys' wait. That's true. But, hey, then I get 16 weeks in a row of Dolphins football. So Yay! (laughs) Yeah! (laughs) Get to see... Jay Cutler for an extra week. Smoking Jay. <laughs> Make sure to get a hold of us on social media. Our Twitter is at Sunny and PHX Pod. Our email is Sunny and PHX Pod at gmail.com. And check us out over at our new host, the Deepish Thoughts Podcast Network, over at deepishthoughts.com. Thanks for listening to the Sunny and Phoenix Podcast. If you'd like to further support the show, you can head over to tpublic.com slash user slash sunny in PHX. That's tepublic.com slash user slash sunny in PHX. We've got t-shirts, mugs, phone cases, all kinds of stuff. You can get our famous cheese is warming up design or just one that says sunny in PHX. Again, tpublic.com slash user slash sunny in PHX. And go Suns! All right, so a couple weeks ago, we asked for people to go on iTunes, rate five stars, and leave a review that says boy, spelled B-O-I. And it brings me great joy to say that a lot more people have done this. So I'm going to shout everyone out who has done this. Uh, Get ready. There's a lot of you, so thank you. And if you want to do this, feel free to keep going because I check it a lot and I will shout you out. So here we go. Sons for Life with a Y. Great name. Chris Cleary. Thank you. Migi Mac 39. Boy. Big Smoke 0000. Had to count those zeros. Uh, Rando Kalrusian. Thank you. Pine Tree 543. Great show, boy. Thank you. Appreciate it. DeFostus. Thank you. Insane Terry 123. Boy. 
Da Bomberman. Thank you for leaving that review. Jesse Threes. Thank you. Corey JRC. Appreciate it. Gregor FFF. Always appreciate it. Okay, here we go. Ma Mama. Thank you. <laughs> Bounce8938923. Thank you for the review. This guy knows things. Yes, you do. Uh, three from way downtown. Great name. Thank you Great for the name. review. Best mate, Danny. Thank you. Preset Thanks, phase 12. Thank you. Dead NPC. Thanks for the review. 14 out of 10. Thank you. I mean, it's five stars, but we will take 14 out of 10. Thank you. Posse vibes. Thank you. Charlie Dark 3. Thanks for the review. Baz456789. Thank you. Obi Wants Cookies. Thanks for the review. Great name. Ken Brody, 0000. Thank you. Ronnie Texas, thanks, th- thanks for the review. Stopping the Jam, thank you. Bacon62, thanks for the review. Misfits Danny, with an I, thank you for uh, leaving that review. Macho Man Manny, no, sorry, Manny Macho Man. I got oh. that mixed up. Thanks for the review. Nate121371, thank you. Your Guy Bry, thanks for the review. And finally, last but not least, Lawrence T87, thank you for the review. So is Lawrence T87 like a really bad uh, like Terminator knockoff? <laughs> I you know, we that. should maybe we should maybe like pick our favorite username out of all the reviews each week or something like that. that would Definitely Obi wants cookies. That one's solid, that and you know the. Was it Bacon62? You can just never go wrong with bacon, so I appreciated that one as well. But thanks for the reviews, dudes. We really appreciate it. It means a lot. All right, let's get into it and talk about which son will take the biggest step this season and have that breakout season that we're all kind of uh, looking for out of these young guys. And Mitch, how about you start it off? So I'm going to go with the easiest and most obvious answer there is, and that would be Dragon Bender. He did not get to play much last season because of injuries, and, uh, you know, it looks like he's healthy after seeing him play in Summer League and playing in all these European games. Uh, He's not playing a ton in these European games, but uh, he seems to be making the most of his minutes, and he looks healthy. So... I think we can expect the biggest leap from Dragon Bender simply because of health. I think that's pretty easy to uh, look at. Hopefully he can play a lot more this season, have a much bigger role on the team. We've talked about how we've experimented with uh, Point Bender and all of that. I was watching some highlights the other day from uh, the Croatian team, and he seemed to be running a little bit of that Point Bender. Um, I think it was mainly just he'd get a rebound and dribble it up the court instead of making an outlet pass but whatever i'm calling it point bender because i want that to work so seeing a little bit of it was nice um we've seen a lot more confidence in summer league for sure even if he's missing uh especially three point shots even if he's missing he's still taking a lot of shots he's going up strong with confidence Uh, i think we've also seen that in his rebounding a little bit and at seven one doesn't matter if he's playing the three, four, five, one, two, whatever he's playing. He needs to be getting some boards. So uh, 
hopefully that confidence can carry over into the regular season. And I, I expect big things from uh, old Dragon this season. So what what old role Dragon. do you think Bender will need to be in to him to make to make? Oh, excuse me, for him to make this leap. Do you think Point Bender? Point Bender does sound cool, by the way. I like that. <laughs> Point Bender that does sound role? cool. I don't think that's the role that he's going to take to make the leap because we did see the struggles in Summer League. I think that was a fun experiment that we can experiment with a little bit, but in order for him to make this leap, it's not going to be through Point Bender. It's going to be through playing good, solid, tight defense on, uh, I would just say, wing players and... Uh, Maybe in the low post. If he can uh, get a little better in that low post defense, that would be a huge leap. Um, and then I think on offense, uh, we just need to see his ability to stretch the floor shine through. But I'd like to see some more of an inside game as well. Yeah, I, uh, I, I like the Bender pick. I think that's kind of one of the obvious ones. Didn't really get to play that much his rookie year, so really not too much would be that much of a leap i guess per se uh, it's gonna take time we know that he is a project player i i wouldn't expect to see any low post game or anything from him this season i, I just don't think that hey, he's gonna be there and i know that a lot of people are complaining about his stats in Eurobasket, but he's not really playing that much and he's still a really young guy on the team so it, the, those minutes go to the more veteran players so I don't think people should really take those too much into um, consideration or into uh, trying to knock Bender down a peg or two I, I think that his, his biggest leap can just be continuing to learn and play and uh, really uh, getting more comfortable and continuing to learn and get yeah, better and I agree with that but I think what we're seeing lately is a lot of Suns fans are seem to have given up on Bender already, calling him a bust, labeling him that way already. And I think those fans might not be the most diehard. I don't mean to make a call out or anything. Uh, and I mean, I try to see the other side. I just really can't here because he, we know he's a project player and he did not play much last year. But we're still seeing a lot of people labeling him as a bust early. So I think my message to those people would be just watch what he can do in a full season and then make a judgment. How's that? I like it. I would love to see Bender get in a full season. I don't know how many minutes per game we can really expect out of him this season with you know we have Chandler we have Len we have Williams we have Chris we have pretty good solid core of big guys that we can rely on and yeah we just don't want to see Bender down in that low post that's for that's for Chandler Len and Big Sauce that's where they thrive so one thing I have noticed about Bender this year in summer ball and this Euro ball that we've been seeing clips of at least that three-point shot when he catches the ball out on the perimeter, he's ready to let it fly. And it's a nice, quick shooting motion now. It seems like he cleaned up a little hitch or something, but it seems like if he catches it in his pocket, he can get that shot up real quick, and there's no hesitation. I've seen him knock down a few three balls this summer so far. So 
hopefully that's something he can come into a little more once we get into the regular season. Yeah, um, to, about that three-point shot, I think it is, like, confidence. I really don't think he's really necessarily even cleaned anything up. He always, uh, doing the profile and stuff last year and looking at film, he always had a really nice shot. I think he was just not very confident in it, and so it caused him to kind of slow up a little bit. I think he's got a little bit of that confidence now, and that's letting him kind of just throw yeah, it Yeah, you know, there. I want to jump into a little video right now, now that we're talking about it. I want to see, because it seems like last season, when he was bringing it up to the part where he would start his jump shot, where he'd actually jump, that seems to be a little slower. It seems like he's snapping it right up to his shooting pocket, and he's letting it fly a little quicker, but that's something I want to look into now. All right, let's move it on, and David, who do you think will take the biggest step this season for the Suns? Well, I want to say this is more of who I think needs to have a big step, and that's just with a lot of criticism going his way, and that's Marquise Chris. Um, maybe we're just doing the second-year guys and just going with it anyways. And <laughs> we yep. didn't hear any good. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whoops. Um, anyways, uh yeah, uh, I think that Marquise Chris really needs to take a step. And while it's kind of crazy to say that a second-year player needs to take a step, I think he does. He has a lot of criticism right now. Uh, I, I don't know why it is, but it's, it's probably just because of being drafted at eight and kind of the previous year's draft being so um, – starter potential and then the possibility of this year's draft being so starter potential I think that's put a lot of unwarranted criticism on some of the guys from last year Chris definitely being one of them he needs to work on the fouls and hopefully that will translate better once the season starts he was a little pudgy at summer league but hopefully getting in the gym a little bit more will help that out and make it so uh, that's not as much of an issue, and you know he needs to he needs to be able to improve. He had a solid freshman year in the NBA. He needs to have that good sophomore year, and th- that's going to be really important. And that's gonna if he can have then, or even probably like what the second half of la- of the season was for him, but maybe like a point here or there extra, then I think that some of that criticism can kind of be pushed off. And I think honestly being around and playing around Tyson a little bit more um, with and being around everyone healthy will help him out a ton too. So about Chris, I think one of the reasons why so many people were down on him right away or not even right away, even throughout the whole, his whole rookie year seemed like the general consensus of, the NBA fandom as a whole, as well as most of the Suns, it seemed like they were down on him because he, because of his attitude. It seems like I saw a ton of that. And, I mean, we're the Phoenix Suns. We didn't win a ton of games last year. Marquise Chris didn't have a spectacular rookie year, but, you know, he was getting chippy. He was talking trash. He was standing up for himself. 
and we've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast before, but that's what these kids are bringing to the Phoenix Suns now. We're bringing that attitude, and, you know, like, th- this is how I feel. I don't care what anyone thinks anymore. Like, you can, we've heard the trash talk about the Suns, and, man, I don't know. I think that might have a little bit to do with how people are viewing Chris and maybe aren't expecting much of him this year, but, man, I, I've said it before, but I think that attitude is a positive as of right now. And I think you're right about that perception, but my only problem is when it leads to fouling out. Not necessarily just fouls, but fouling out. That boy out. likes to foul. He you know, likes to foul. He needs to get that under control a little bit and then really rein in that attitude and figure out how to use it in a positive. I think he's got it, and just right now it's showing through technicals and uh, too many fouls, unnecessary fouls. But I think once he gets there and especially this year now that he is a bit more adjusted to the NBA he's got another year under his belt um I I just think that he's gonna be able to do that I I hope at least because the fouls were a little bit out of control last year something that we saw in summer league was him just kind of hanging out by the three-point line a little bit too much just relying on the three not getting too involved in the paint and, you know, as I'm thinking about this, I remember one of the first highlights I saw of Marquise Chris. It was last year in Summer League. He caught the ball at the high post, put down a dribble, a spin move, and he was right at the rim, and I'm pretty sure he flushed it. It was, it was a beautiful highlight play. And that's something I'd really like to see him get back to. You know, we remember seeing Stat from that high post getting by a bigger guy on him and flushing it home. I think that's where Chris could thrive. I really think that's where it is. Yeah, so for sure. That's what I want to see this season. And I'm with you, but that I think from summer league, at least that's just a conditioning thing. Cause I think, you know, the other day I played pickup basketball and I had one play where I drove to the rim and had a nice layup and I was like, Oh, okay, cool. And then played defense ran back to the other end of the court on offense again, and I'm like, well, I'm going to camp by the three-point line now because I'm really tired. (laughs) Yeah, those bigs bigs have to go from block to block, not three-point line to three-point line. Right, and I'm not a three-point shooter, so I'm like, I'm just going to hang out here and space the floor. That was my my rationale. Hopefully you put a few screens in, too. Oh, plenty of screens. There we go. (laughs) But I think... uh, I think Chris was kind of feeling that fatigue a bit and David mentioned the weight gain and everything. And that just seems what it's like when players are just a bit out of shape. Yeah. I think that, uh, it was definitely some exhaustion and stuff when it came to the summer league, uh, that should get better as, uh, we get into the season and actually play some real games and get some get some good conditioning in i i also think that uh i hope that he continues to stay active once that conditioning is in um or not continues but works at staying active the entire time i know that sometimes with our guards we kind of just give them the ball and tell them to do something because that's our best option and uh 
Whereas Tyson, he can kind of just set a screen or whatever and then kind of get around the rim to try and get a rebound. Uh, our, our forwards are going to have some issues of possible complacency. I'm just kind of just watching the guards work. Mm-hmm. And th- this goes for not just Marquise Chris, though, that I hope that uh, those forwards can stay active and uh, be setting either screens or trying to get open for a shot so that way uh everything isn't just continually put on the guard shoulders and uh defenses can just kind of work on that and not pay attention to those guys right and that leads into another thing uh rebounding we're gonna see Bledsoe and Booker put up plenty of shots this season I'd like to see Chris improve on the glass this year I think our last decent rebounding power forward was Charles Barkley so (laughs) you know I'd like to see Chris boost those numbers up a bit and he's he can learn from Tyson Chandler I mean that guy's pulling down 20 rebound games and he's 55 years old so (laughs) take some advice from old man Tyson the first 60 rebound game by a player older than 60 (laughs) (laughs) I mean like would Tyson that's kind of his job is to rebound I don't think you can expect Chris to steal that many rebounds from him I would just like to see a 40 rebound game from Chris is that too much to ask? That's wild. I guess not. <laughs> we'll see. Okay, let's move it on. And the guy I think who is going to take the biggest step this season is Tyler Eulis. Eulis played 61 games last season, and he averaged 18 and a half minutes per. So... Then there's 7.3 points per game, 3.7 assists per game. So for the entire season, he had a 2.8 to 1 turnover ratio. And then towards the end of the year, when we shut down Bledsoe, we saw Eulis get thrust into the starting role, where his minutes went up huge. He played almost 40 minutes per game. He scored 16 points per, 8.5 assists per, still only 2.5 turnovers in that time. So even though he's up against starting point guards now, playing nearly 40 minutes per game, we saw his assist-to-turnover ratio improve, which is a little bit surprising. It went up to 3.4 to 1. So that that's one thing that gets me real excited about seeing Eulis this year. Eulis knows that there's no Brandon Knight this year, and that, that backup two spot is all his. And... I think he's he's the kind of guy that can step up and take it. We we know he has that great basketball IQ. He gets others involved. He plays pesky defense. And I, I just think over the course of this year, with all the minutes he will get, I think he's going to have a huge year. Now, I'm not talking like sixth man of the year or anything like that, but I expect to see a big boost in pretty much every stat. One thing, though, that I'd really like to see Eulis improve on is the three-point game. Uh, he, he shot 79 three-pointers in his 61 games, so that's less than two per game. Only shot 26% from there. So I think in order for Eulis to really make the most of his minutes, he needs to be hitting that three-point shot to keep defenders on him tight. That's when he can work that pick and roll, find big sauce in the post. We saw it last year, and I think we're going to see a lot more of it this year. Yeah, I like that. And, uh, you know, I think with Ulyss getting more minutes and not being 
not necessarily held back as much. He was a second-round pick. We signed him to that first-round contract, but we weren't really expecting to get a whole ton of production from him. But he went out there and did it anyways once he got some consistent minutes. I think those consistent minutes you can see probably not, of course, as crazy as almost 40 minutes a night a night uh, production, but some pretty good stats and just some good assists, really. And you said it best uh, with Big Sauce or whoever it might be, uh, maybe Chris, if Chris plays alongside him in the second unit a little bit here or there. I think that that's going to help a ton. And I'm really interested to see Ulyss and Jackson work together while Jackson is on the bench to start. Um, I think I think that'll be really good and really interesting to watch because Jackson has some of that athleticism, and I think those guys will be able to really play off of each other well. Yeah, I think you're right. That's going to be pretty interesting to watch because I hadn't really thought of that. Do you guys – this is a completely different topic, but I feel like it's appropriate – is, Why not? Uh, is uh, Jackson going to start on the bench and TJ start? Or how, how do you think that's going to work? I'm just assuming, I, yes. I mean, I'm assuming, too, that that will be the case. But, I mean, who knows how long that's going to last, if it even starts out that way, you know? Yeah, I think the spot is TJ's to lose. I think if, I Jackson, if Jackson earns it, I don't think it'll be – too early on but I mean look at what TJ went through playing behind PJ two different players TJ's useful in a very different way than PJ was so Mm -hmm. I mean it's tough to decide who gets the most minutes who comes off the bench or whatever but I'd just like to see Jackson earn it if it's going to happen yeah yeah but hair wise Jackson would definitely start no doubt (laughs) hey TJ did have a pretty fresh cut towards uh when he came back from injury i yeah, think he was uh, i remember that he was sporting something pretty fancy there yeah him and marquis chris looked way too similar oh, they and it did was hard to tell. they did very similar yeah but uh and hey wait while while we're talking about you know athletes that's what i think you need to surround tyler Eulis with don't let uh his size get taken advantage of put josh jackson out there with his wingspan and speed and when we get Davon Reed there I think those two will be a real nice backcourt fit coming off the bench I just think put some athletes with him even Derek Jones Jr. we're gonna see some yep. pretty crazy lineups this year we are I was just gonna say that a lineup so, of Ulyss Reed Jones Jr. Jackson and Big Sauce <laughs> yeah Big Sauce to just hold things down yeah you gotta got have one one guy to hold it down Someone. Has I think to one thing defense. to note real quick. I think one thing to note real quick is uh, Ulyss always playing with the chip on her shoulder, uh, just to kind of close out the Ulyss talk. And uh, you know, this is a guy that has been short the entire time. He hasn't necessarily probably ever been a tall guy when it comes to the basketball courts, and he he has to prove that he can be out there. And that chip is something that he had in college. He just continues to succeed basically is what i'm gonna say uh whenever playing and uh i I think that helps him a long way in being able to have a good year this season i just want him to be the opposite of it the anti-it i don't know i i do want to see him score some points but 
I'd be more impressed watching Elis play defense and getting ten assists per night. That'd be that'd be what I'd like to see. That'd be pretty great. Yes. Okay, now it is time to get into the non sports plugs. We have Mitch's face melting minute. We have David's comic book corner. And then I'm gonna come up with something. Mitch, let's do it. Alright, I have something good this week. I went to the first show I've been to in quite a while, and it was amazing. Thy art is murder. So good. So, so, so good live. Check them out if they come to your city. It's it's so worth it. The openers were um, Ghost Bath and Fallujah. Neither of them were really my thing, but good, entertaining, good openers, got the energy going. Thy Artist Murder came on and just destroyed it. Their set is amazing. Uh, their light show is awesome. They put a ton of energy into their performance. They're very genuine. They, You can tell they love what they're doing. And it was hot. It was really hot in this venue. Uh, small venue, very intimate, very fun. But uh, it was hot. And they were giving it their all. They were wiping themselves off with towels every song, drinking a ton of water the whole time, but just going so hard. And anyone who says that CJ does not have range anymore needs to see Thy Art is Murder Live. He did this super high pig squeal that I was like, whoa, I didn't know he could do that. And he was doing highs, he was doing lows, he was doing everything all night long. It was hot, he was tired, but he killed it. So go see Thy Art is Murder Live. Ah, uh, the old pig squeal. It was hot. <laughs> it <Nice>. was hot. <laughs> oh, and uh, side note, Mitch sent out some snaps from the show last night. One didn't send, and uh, I knew Mitch went to church this morning, and I happened <laughs> to get it at about the time I assume he'd be at church. So I replied with a, man, mass looks pretty intense today. <laughs> I just thought that was pretty funny because, man, I went to a church one time, and they, they were playing dubstep, and it was the <laughs> weirdest thing. It was the weirdest thing. I mean... Take it how you want it, but <laughs> all right, David's comic book corner. Let's hear it. Oh man, I almost can't even go on after Dubstep Church. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I read a Green Lantern book. Not anything super crazy. It's by a writer that I like and a good artist. So I checked that out. It's kind of two of the not lesser known green lanterns but not the ones that everyone thinks of uh kyle rayner and guy gardner and uh they fight this guy named mongol who is kind of a superman villain and he gets a like fear ring and it's kind of cool and just fun space stuff space stuff is cool kind of sometimes that's fun it's green lantern core i don't remember what the actual volume is but it's by uh peter tomasi and art by Patrick Leeson. Check it out. I'm sure that anything, uh, not I'm sure of that, but anything else those guys do is awesome. So just if you see anything written by them, pick it up, but especially uh, Green Lantern Corps. Good stuff. All right. And this last week, I smashed through the entire first season of Westworld on HBO. I had just seen people talking about it on Reddit, heard some friends talking about it. I finally checked it out. You know, I watched the first episode and like my brain went to mush kind of like the first time after you watch the matrix, you know, like you're, uh, 
you just don't really know what you just watched or what everything meant. So I was, yeah, total brain mush after that first episode. But it's so good, you have to go through the whole thing. So it's made by, originally made by Michael Crichton, the dude who wrote Jurassic Park. And this Westworld story is very similar to Jurassic Park in the fact that it's like a an amusement park built with, uh, I don't know, rather than dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, these are Western robots, pretty much, like realistic artificial intelligence robots. It's, it's just insane. And then it, the story goes about you're trying to figure out if these robots are sentient or not. And it just, like, there's so many layers to it, and it's so interesting. And it's one of the more original type shows I've seen, even though this has been remade from a movie, then that movie had a sequel. They've tried it a lot of times before, but I think this might be the most successful run of it. So I really enjoyed it. If you're looking for a, a bit of a, what what do we even call it? Sci-fi mystery, bit of a thrill aspect. I don't even know. I don't even know how to classify it. It's good stuff. That's how you classify it. But that's it. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Next week, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. We're going to figure that out for you guys this week sometime. I mean, this off season's getting a little rough on us. We might just start, like, I don't even know. Talk about our GM basketball league that we're in. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll figure something out. But we appreciate you guys tuning in. By the way, deepish thoughts going through a bit of a rebranding time right now, coming back as underdog sports. So we're not exactly sure when this episode will be up, but we hope it's soon. We hope it's somewhat timely. And in the future here, we'll be back to normal. We'll be back to the Mondays. It'll be all good. But, yeah, I just talked for like five minutes, so that's about it. <laughs> all right. See ya. Oh, yeah. Go Suns. Oh, yeah.